Lunch. Today I will be reading Psalm 8. Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children in infants, you have established a strong stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens to work of you, your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for? For them, you have made the little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory, glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea. All swim of paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Psalms 8 is a song of contemplation, which is a form of prayer. These psalms reflect upon the greatness of God and his creation, as well as his own part in it. Psalms 8 begins and ends with the same phrase, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It frames the content of the Psalms in the praise of the majesty of God. The Psalms ask a penetrating questions. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? The question occurs essentially in the middle of the Psalm. It invites readers to meditate on who we are, our place in the universe and the grace of God towards us. Well, first of all, Psalms 8 teaches us that God is greater than all. As we have already seen, Psalms 8 begins and ends with these words of praise. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If you look at the verse closely, you will notice that there are two different representations of the word Lord in the verse. The first one is Lord in all capital letters. The second one is Lord with just the first letter capitalized. This is the way most English Bible translations distinguish between two different words for Lord in the Hebrew. When you see the word Lord in all capital letters, that is the actual name of God. That is the name Yahweh 
as revealed to Moses at the burning bush. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 He is a great I am. It is a name that speaks of God's self-existence and eternal nature. The self-existent Lord always has been and always will be. He never changes. He is not creator. He is the creator and Lord of all creation. And he existed before all things. Everything in the world is dependent upon him. The second word for Lord only capitalizes the L and comes from the Hebrew word Adonai, which means master or boss or ruler. So the first Lord is a name, and the second Lord is a title. Psalms 8 is saying, Yahweh, you are our master. God is over all, and as such, his name, that is his character, his being, deserve to be praised and worshipped across the whole earth. Everything we have and everything we are comes from God, our Master, who deserves to be praised. The word majestic translates a word that means great or glorious or excellent. And so Psalms 8 is saying in verse 1 that there is no place you can go to on earth where God's power and greatness and glory cannot be seen. God is greater than all. First of all, because his name is majestic in all the earth. Secondly, God is greater than all because he has set his glory above the heavens. We see that in the second half of verse 1, you have set your glory above the heavens. God's glory and majesty not only fill the earth and the universe, his glory and majesty extend beyond the universe. God has set his glory not in the universe, but above and beyond all created things. In other words, as great as the universe is, God is greater. As big as the universe is, God is bigger. God is not contained by the universe. He has set his glory above the heavens. God is greater than all. The third way that Psalms 8 teaches us that God is greater than all is by this. God can silence his enemies even through the praises of little children. Look at verse 2. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. God is not threatened 
in the list by his enemies. Even the praises of babies and infants can defeat these who would attempt to stand against God in his ways. God delights in taking the weak and doing something strong with them. God is thrilled to take the ordinary and do the extraordinary. And God does this to show his absolute power over the enemies. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 to 29 says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. You might feel weak and powerless today, but take heart. If God can defeat our adversaries with the praise of babies and infants, imagine what he can do with the praise of a believer of Jesus Christ. The second thing Psalms 8 teaches us about our place in the universe is that the universe is very, very big and in comparison, we are very, very small. First of all, the beauty of God's creation should cause us to worship the Creator. Verse 3 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the psalmist now contemplate this capability of Yahweh. He reminds himself that God is the creator of all. The same God who made all this with his hands also sustains his creation. As the song goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. As great as creation is with the earth, the sun, the moon and the stars are, God is far greater. We worship the Creator and not creation. When you go on vacation, far away from the city lights, looking up at the night sky, it is just stunning in its beautiful vastness. But the heavens are just one example of God's beauty in creation. The mountains, the oceans, the forest trees ablaze with color in the fall, even the birds, animals, and the little creatures. God created all things good, and all the beauty we see in God's creation should cause us to worship the Creator. Secondly, the vastness of God's creation to cause us to consider our place in the universe. 
when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? And that is an appropriate question to ask in the face of such a vast place as the universe. What is man? What is planet Earth compared to all the stars and planets and galaxies in the universe? What is our place in all this? Why are we here? Do we even matter? Are we alone in the universe? Or are there other life forms out there? But the bottom line is this. We are not alone in the universe. Because God is there. The sure size of the universe can drive some people to despair. Because when it comes to size in the universe, we really are nothing. But that does not mean that we are insignificant. Yes, the universe is very big. And yes, we are very small. But God has a place for us in all this. That is the message of a vast universe. You are nothing without God. It is God who makes mankind significant in the universe. God's gracious concern for tiny men in the universe should humble and amaze us. Look at verses 3 and 4 together. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that you care for him. The word translated mindful in verse 4 means to remember, and the word translated care means to pay attention. Verse 4 is basically saying, God, why are we so important that you remember us? that you care for us. When the psalmist considers the immensity of the universe, he is humbled and amazed at God's concern for man, and we should be too. But the remaining verse of the psalms teach us something even more wonderful than that. Not only does God notice us and pay attention to us here on planet Earth. But God gave us a special place of honour in creation. Look at verses 5 and 6. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion, over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. First, 
God made man a little lower than the heavenly beings. The Hebrew word heavenly beings here most likely refers to the angels. What does it mean that God made us a little lower than angels? Verse 5 is simply saying that we are earthly creatures. The angels are spiritual, heavenly beings. We are made out of the dust of the earth, along with the other animals in creation. We are made lower than the heavenly beings, but notice only a little lower. That means that man is significant in the universe. There is something very important here that we must note. The psalmist does not ask, God, do you care about me? No, he knows that God cares about him and acts on his behalf. The question is, why do you care about me, God? The reasons God cares for us who live on this tiny world in this vast universe is because we, the sons of Adam, the first man, have been made in the image of God. This is brought out even more with the next description. God crowned the man with glory and honor. God created man and woman last as the very pinnacle of his creation. And how did God crown man with glory and honor? The Bible tells us that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 27 says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping things that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What greater honor could God bestow upon specific members of his creation? than to create them in his own image. Yes, man is tiny in the universe, but he is significant. He is only a little lower than the heavenly beings, and he has been crowned with the glory and honor of the image of God. Not only does God love us, God entrusts a special task to us. These Psalms go on to remind us that 
God has put us in charge of all the creation. Verses 6 to 8 says, You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. God has given man dominion over all creation, the animals on the ground, the birds in the air, the fish of the sea. Does that mean that man can do whatever he wants to with creation? The answer is no, because as image bearers of God, our dominion over the created world should reflect God's wise dominion over his creation. We read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The verse here are very significant. The word translated for work is the Hebrew word for serve. The word translated for take care is a word that means to keep, to guard, to watch over and protect. In other words, man is not to be a tyrant ruler over creation, but a servant leader over creation. God gave man stewardship of the earth to serve the land and take care of it under God's care. God gave man both stewardship and responsibility. As God exercises careful and holy dominion over the whole universe, we who bear his image and who inhabit these earth are to emulate him within the scope of our abilities in the way he exercises his dominion. Taking care of this world is our job as humans. As ones bearing his image, we have been given an incredible stewardship and responsibilities. God has entrusted an amazing task into our hands. Too often, we overlook this when it comes to our praising Him. It's a privilege to have the stewardship and responsibility that God has given us here on planet Earth. These incredible delegations of God's authority to us warrants our ongoing gratitude and praise of Him. Psalms 8 reminds us about our place in this world. We are under God and over the world. What should be our response be to all this? First, we should be awestruck 
at God's majesty in creation. Notice again, this is how Psalms 8 begins and ends. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In our fast-paced, busy world, we need to learn to stop, ponder, consider, and marvel at the vastness of the universe and the wonder of gods around us, the immensity of space. Where did all this vastness come from? The heavens not only display the glory of the universe, but the glory of the creator of the universe. Second, we should be amazed at God's love and concern for us. The psalmist looked at the beautiful vastness of the heavens and said, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Considering the vastness of the universe and our place in the universe can be humbling. However, it is a good reality check. The vastness of the heavens reminds us, God is God and we are not. Who is man? We are merely a speck in the cosmos. There are two ways you can feel after studying the vastness of the heavens. You can feel smaller and more insignificant, but you can also feel the opposite, because as great as the universe, greater is our God still. And you are a child of this great God that He loves very much. Third, we should seek to be good and faithful stewards over God's creation. God has given us both stewardship and responsibility. As Christians, we must be wise stewards over the beautiful creation God has given to us. Psalms 8 is in awe that we have been elevated to such a level of responsibility to entrust all of creation to us. It is amazing when you think of it. And it is sad when you consider ways we have let down our Creator. Pollution, cruelty to animals, cruelties to each other, litter, wastefulness, envy, gossip, adultery, assault, murder. Our sinful state beginning with our first parents, Adam and Eve, has introduced to the world sickness and death and natural disaster. It is all a corruption of our original role to care for the creation in honour of the Creator. We need to ask God for forgiveness and repent. May God help us.
fourth COVID-19 pandemic. In the midst of COVID-19, do you feel vulnerable and anxious? Have there been times when you thought, how am I going to make it? Do you sometimes feel life is out of control? No matter how out of control you feel, God is still in control. And He is still in control today. And He will always be in control. And isn't it wonderful how He showed us of that? He showed us in the awesome grandeur of creation. And he shows us in the supreme humility of our weakest moments. He set his glory above the heavens. He shows his strength to the weakest and most helpless. This sounds strange, but what a blessing. What a blessing, because unless the Lord was truly in control, you won't have make it by yourself. Pray that the Lord will give you the eyes to see how he has shown to be strong in your times of greatest weakness. In those times when you felt as helpless as a nursing baby, how did God steal the enemy? Isn't there comfort in that? Isn't there comfort in the fact that Nothing will come after you that hasn't passed through the hands of an all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-loving God. Isn't there comfort in the fact that He has promised that no matter what things might look like today, He's working it all together for good. Look back. Look back and see God in those times. See God in those times and thank Him that He's in control. The Lord gives us the assurance of His control. He also gives us the assurance of His love. Amen.